we have episode 38 of Zerto Clean's house. On March 11, 2011, at 11 o'clock, Juan de Soto, a drug dealer and police informant, arrived home after taking a late dinner at a fine sushi restaurant in Santana Row. Unbeknownst to him, there was a man sitting in the car across the street from his house, crouching in the back seat to keep, from view, keep out of view. He only figured that out when he'd made his way up his front steps and was a few short inches away from his front door when he heard the sound of a car starting, followed by five muted pops. That instant, he collapsed upon the porch, clutching his middle and covered in blood. The sound of the car speeding away was the last thing he ever heard. And now, episode 39 of Zordo Clean's House. One week after Juan de Soto was shot and killed, Judge Malcolm Connors took his seat in front of the television in his living room, hot toddy in hand, just as a commercial break in the 9 o'clock news ended. Police are still seeking leads in the shooting death of Juan de Soto, 48, a drug dealer and informant, said the reporter as the tel on the television as, the as Judge Connors took a sip of his beverage. Mr. DeSoto was shot to death outside his residence in Willow Glen as he returned home from a night out at dinner. And now evidence has been revealed regarding the slaying of Joyce Keene, who was axed to death with a hatchet in September 1999. Although Lorenzo Ruiz, a landscaper with a prior criminal record, was convicted of her murder and sentenced to life in prison with no parole, a witness has come forward saying that she was intimidated out of taking the stand. Judge Connors took a deep breath, a sip of his hot toddy, and leaned forward as the program cut to a series of drawings of Zerto's trial. Although Lorenzo Ruiz was found guilty of killing Joyce Keene, his brothers and sisters all believed that he did nothing wrong. The program cut to Zerto's sister Annalisa being interviewed. There is no question that my brother is innocent, she said. I mean, yeah, he got in trouble years before Joyce Keene was killed, but that had never had anything to do with her or her son. Next, her, his sister Louisa shared her thoughts. They said that he killed Joyce Keene because apparently she knew he was molesting her son, but I just don't see that. He did go through his hard times when he was younger after our oldest brother and then our father passed away, but after he got out of prison, he was a completely different person. So at that point, he'd done his time, in other words, asked the interviewer. Yes, said Louisa. I was very, very, very disappointed in the way the defense handled the case, said Antonio. In what way were you disappointed? Antonio sighed, turning his eyes to the ground, then looked back up at the camera. Ah, oh, I felt they didn't really try to keep him out of jail. It was pathetic. I often wonder if they even really wanted to keep him out of jail. However, Richard Stevens, Ruiz's attorney during his trial, says that his efforts to clear his client's name were undermined said the voiceover as the program cut to Richard Stevens being interviewed in his office. There was one witness who could have got Ruiz off the hook, said Mr. Stevens, sighing as his face twitched with regret. I sent out the subpoena, but then she called back and said she couldn't go through with it for personal reasons. Did she give, a, give you a more specific reason? I later found out that she'd been threatened that if she had, did testify, her son would be murdered. Judge Connors sat bolt upright, spat out a mouthful of hot toddy, and stared at the screen in shock, eyes wide as saucers as the program cut to a woman, filmed in silhouette, introduced under the pseudonym of Sarah. The day after I was served the subpoena to testify on behalf of the defense, I got a phone call telling me that if I took the stand, my son would be murdered, she said. So I just dropped everything, took my son, and moved out of the area immediately. I didn't want to take any chances. 
Sarah has since entered the witness protection program and is living in an undisclosed location under an assumed name, said the narrator. Even more damning, physical evidence has turned up showing that it would have been implausible that Ruiz committed the murder given the mechanics of the attack. The program cut to footage of Minori Koizumi, PhD, in her office studying the photographs and diagram of the crime scene. Dr. Minori Koizumi, who studied forensic science at Stanford University, was attending San Jose State University at the time Joyce Keene was murdered, said the presenter. I was very much intrigued by the details of the case right from the beginning, said Dr. Koizumi, particularly because there were glaring irregularities. Images from the crime scene began to be displayed one after another on the TV screen. As you can see, the blood is splattered more to the victim's right. Judge Connors then saw footage of Dr. Koizumi in her laboratory standing in front of a table upon which was a figure of a human head modeled from unfired clay atop a thick block of wood and a hatchet. According to the notes from the coroner, said Dr. Koizumi, picking up the hatchet, the wound that severed Mrs. Keene's right ear was straight up and down. She moved the hatchet downward slowly, resting the blade for a moment with a light touch at the uppermost spot where the ear joined the head. The blade of the hatchet made contact right at the point where the ear is connected with the head. The man believed to have killed Mrs. Keene is left-handed, so for him to inflict that wound, he would have had to reach across his chest, which would have been too awkward considering how precise the wound was. Dr. Koizumi took the hatchet and reached across herself, struggling to get the blade to where she had placed it before, then switched back to her right. It would have been much easier to do something like this, said Dr. Koizumi, and brought the blade of the hatchet down, severing the right ear of the dummy in one swift, deft stroke. Judge Connors recoiled as the blade made contact with the clay model, took a deep breath, blinked a few times, and had another sip of his hot toddy. Jesus, he said, shaking his head. He rested his drink on the coffee table, reached for the pack of cigarettes next to it, and lit one up. Taking a drag, he sighed and cast his eyes to the ground, unleashing a remorseful cloud of smoke. Thank you very much. And this, my name is James Conrad. This is Mutiny Radio, Common Thread Collective. Tune in next week. I assure you, uh, same time frame. I promise we won't fuck it up this time uh, for episode 40 of Zordo Clean's House. Thanks. Right, bye-bye. All right. That is a pivotal chapter episode of Zordo Clean's House. And so to follow that up, I want to play... James, uh, your your request, your your song request that you put in earlier, the Dave Mason song, shouldn't have took more than you gave. Do you want to deliver the message yourself, the uh, the dedication? You want me to de- dedicate? Okay, this is this is uh, from James Conrad, and, and and so this is dedicated to quote that motherfucker Ed Lee, an embarrassment to the Democrats. <laughs> Here we go. Shouldn't have took more than you gave.
request dave mason shouldn't have took more than you gave hey that's that that's a good um that's a good mantra you know i mean if you look at the way that uh industry and um you know extractive industries have been treating the earth 
for so so long now, and and even though it's been so concentrated just in the past couple centuries, um, shouldn't have took more than you gave. I mean, there really is a, a missing uh, philosophy in industry, which is uh, that industry just seems to uh, tends to extract and and send it out, but they don't always give back. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about giving back, completing the circle, letting that snake coil up and it with, with or without legs, huh, Dave? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. In the d and it'd be in the Very DNA. Cool. It'd be in the DNA. It'd be in the DNA. It'd just be what we're about for sure. And uh, hey, I think the theme has emerged. The snake has legs this week. It was so good to hear uh, Leonard Peltier's son. It was so good to hear that coming along. It was so good to hear coming along what it is we're about, uh, about the propositions uh, 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 coming from the people. And we're going to, hey Val, we're going to be continuing as we do every, every, each and every week and emerging, this be emerging, and this be a place where if you'd like to join us, come on through. It's about doing more together than we have, uh, any of us can do on our own. It's about giving more than we take away. It's about being community. So Val, so good to be here. So good to be so ongoing and continuing. Great to be and, here. And uh, so uh, Val, it's so good to wor work with you. Thanks for everything you do. Thank you, Dave. Um, so yeah, just to kind of recap a lot of what we've been talking about on today's show. So starting at the beginning of the show, we talked to Julie Levac from a group called Vanishing SF. Um, you can check out Vanishing SF on Facebook, but the the coalition that's forming this Vision SF is having an event tomorrow at the Brava Theater on 24th Street here. And it's gonna be, so that's Saturday, October 3rd from 2.30 to 4.30 p.m. Discussions on the propositions A, I, F, J, and K, which are on the ballot for November. It'll be hosted by David Talbot, who wrote Season of the Witch, and Christina Olagi, who was a, a former uh, representative, uh, supervisor. And there's going to be speakers and performers, Tom Amiano, Sarah Short, David Compost, Clee Jones, Rodney Ewing, Tom Heyman, Mike Evans, Pangea Football Club, and our San Francisco Poet Laureate, Alejandro Murguia. But there will also be a, sc a pre screening of th three previews. Um, one is The Other Barrio, which is based on a story written by Alejandro Murguia. Another uh, preview you'll see is San Francisco 3.0 a Pelosi film and the last one is called the last black man in San Francisco so uh, it's about bringing people together a multi-generational effort to to uh, look at the future of San Francisco and and join forces and, and get together and and try to have the people uh, make the policy so definitely go on out to the Brava theater tomorrow that's Saturday the 3rd from 2 30 to 4 30 p.m. just a couple quick hours so uh, make sure you get over there um, and then um, another big topic we talked about today is the Thanksgiving gathering in Washington, D.C. in Greenbelt Park. I believe it's Greenbelt Park, right? Um, in an effort to free Leonard Peltier, who has been, um, who was, you know, uh, in his defense, uh, falsely uh, accused, or falsely convicted, rather, or both, of, of murder about 40 years ago. Um, but in a, in a highly contested uh, situation in terms of law enforcement. Um, and so Leonard Peltier, you still see signs along the highways, especially in the East Bay that say Free Leonard. And uh, that's what they're talking about. And so we got to hear from Leonard Peltier's son, Chauncey, um, 
who is co-director of the who is Leonard Peltier dot uh, dot info website um, where you can get lots of information about who Leonard Peltier was or is I'm sorry um, and his story and also how you can contact the White House because it's a big effort right now um, to to have Barack Obama while he's still in office to grant clemency to Leonard Peltier and set him free um, so that's why there's a big gathering happening around Thanksgiving in Washington DC in Greenbelt Park and if you want more information about that, you again, you can go on Facebook, uh, Peltier Rally DC. That Peltier is P-E-L-T-I-E-R. Um, or you can contact the people uh, coordinating it directly at, at Peltier Rally 2015 at gmail.com. And, of course, we threw out, uh, threw out a little recommended reading on that, um, being In the Spirit of Crazy Horse by Peter Matheson. Um, so another big topic today, get get involved at least learn about what's happening and if you feel so compelled contact the white house and ask for clemency for leonard peltier a native a native american um dave what's up oh well that's uh, wow uh, hey val and i really like you summing this up summing in the strong points what we can do now where we go from here and uh uh it's uh, the, the great thing i keep thinking about how good it is that we can do this each and every week and how practice may not make perfect, but it does make better. And uh, uh, the theme as it merges, that's uh, that snake with legs that we were talking about. So I wanted to know if we could end. I know you have some music up, it's early yet. It's not quite sick yet. But like, because our brother, who, uh, whose song, The Revolution Starts Now, I'm talking about Steve Earle, is kind, of a, uh, is, kind of, is kind of a theme. It's certainly a theme for me. Uh, last night I had a dream that the people gathered around and everybody brought what they had to bring and nobody went without. And a new song to sing, The Revolution Starts Now. And he's going to be playing, I believe, tomorrow night. I believe he's a, the last hitter. I believe it's to, uh, as the sun is going down around 5 o'clock, he's going to be playing. And the banjo stay, but check it out for yourself. Tomorrow night, hardly strictly bluegrass. Steve Earle and The Revolution Starts Now. So, hey, Val, so good to be working with you. This gets better and better because practice may not make perfect, but it does make better. Right, okay. and, the, and, and another quote we like, to, we like to apply to the Common Thread Collective is the Grateful Dead quote, right? Which is, um, it's not that we're the best at what we do, it's that we're the only ones doing it. Is that what it is? That's what it is. <laughs> we're the only ones doing what we're doing. And I add to that, all my love not fade away. Mm -hmm. All my love not fade away. Oh, you got me going. Okay, take it away, Val. Everybody, to be continued. If I see you on the street, if I hear you, on, if I get it on Facebook, Diamond Dave, or whatever I do, or if I run into you in the street, let's keep it going on and come on in next, next week at 3 o'clock here at 21st in Florida, because here we be, as you'll see. Take it away, Val. All right. Well, let's play that Steve Earle song, and then we'll be back in a few minutes. This really is has become an unofficial uh, theme song of the Common Thread Collective. Uh, we we like to play it a lot because, well, the revolution starts now, right now.
Revolution starts now, right now. Thanks, Steve Earle, who's going to be out at Golden Gate Park this weekend for Hardly Strictly Bluegrass. I honestly, of all the th- of all the things that happen in San Francisco all year round, perhaps with the exception of Beta Breakers, I really have to think about that now. No, I, I'm going to say the best thing that happens in San Francisco every year is Hardly Strictly Bluegrass. It's three days, free music. Golden Gate Park, multiple stages, family-friendly, but of course also fun-friendly too, um, and uh, lots of lots of uh, vendors, lots of uh, ways to get connected to different organizations. Um, they don't sell any alcohol out of the out of the park, but if you want to, so uh, <clears throat> bring your own. Um, but it, but it w- it's nice because it keeps it. It keeps it pretty cool, and everybody's very friendly. It does get kind of crowded out there, so you know, definitely exercise patience and and wear uh, wear good shoes so that you're not getting hurt. Um, but everybody out there has a great time, and it's a beautiful time of year. So so happy that uh, it is hardly strictly bluegrass weekend. Oh my! So I want to play a little more music from uh, another crew that's going to be out there, Dave Alvin and the Guilty Ones. Here's a here's a song. From Dave Alvin, Harlan County Line. Yeah, I still think of her from time to time. 
We were both living far from home Trying to get by and tired of being alone For a moment, I thought she was mine Cause she had a voice I just wanted to believe She said her mother was full-blood Cherokee And her daddy was a union man Down in the mines Fighting the good fight Across the Harlan County line I can hardly wait to see you. Dave Alvin. Hey, Dave. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's a great weekend out here in San Francisco. Um, but for a moment of solidarity, as we were speaking of solidarity earlier, and on a more solemn note, uh, on the on the heels of 
the nation's most recent shooting at, sc at a school up in Community College, Umqua Community College in Oregon. We're sending out our love. And, um, you know, every anytime this happens, there's so much reaction to it and uh, because it's such a terrible situation. Um, and so well, we're also being that it's election season and we're, we're talking about the laws in our country. We're talking about the powers that be. We're talking about the people power that we need to have and we need to garner in order to get make get change to happen and, and insist on change. Um, I, I saw, a, you know, a meme earlier about um, you know, one person tried to uh, use a shoe bomb on an airplane, and now everybody has to take off their shoes uh, at the airport. But what has been done about, you know, basically what has been done about gun laws in this country, um, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, so one one website you can you can look at um, uh, to try to get a record of of what your representatives have been voting for, the bills that they've put forward in terms of uh, gun control. If you go to act.commoncause.org. Um, and they'll help you find your officials, uh, how to contact them, bills they've introduced, committees they serve on, and political contributions they've received as well. So it's really, I mean, if we're talking about the snake has been the theme today, but if we, if we, so if we, if we follow that metaphor and we're talking about following that line and it's a very crooked line, um, <laughs> no pun intended, crooked, crooked, um, you need to see how all of these uh, things come together, where, how the web forms, um, who's doing what, who, what money is going into whose accounts, uh, what bills those people are, are putting forward to make into laws into this country. And uh, so if you, if you want to, you know, start to, to really kind of hunt that down and, 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 and un uncover it and unearth it, um, it's a cool website, act.commoncause.org. Uh, holding power accountable. Um, so we, we want to send our love out to everybody uh, suffering from violence, from gun violence, um, from any kind of pain, because we're about love here at the Common Thread Collective. So I'll tell you what, I'm just going to read a poem. Uh, this one I kind of threw together, I think, maybe a week or two ago, because um, we did host here at Mutiny Radio the first alternative candidates uh, for mayor as a, in a public forum format here on n September 18th on Women's Magazine with Global Val. That's me. Um, so you can download the podcast Friday, uh, 2 to 3 p.m. on mutinyradio.fm. Uh, we had Amy Farrah Weiss, Francisco Herrera, and Stuart Sheffman here at Mutiny Radio as a panel uh, answering questions from the public, telling us about themselves. Get to know these candidates because these are people coming up from the people, from the from the streets, from the communities, from the neighborhoods uh, who are trying to make a difference in the city. They're not the pay-to-play politicians that we have uh, so much, uh, so many of in, in this country. So definitely check out that podcast. You can download it, mutinyradio.fm, uh, Women's Magazine, 2 to 3 p.m. on September 18th. And also on September 18th, we had on the Weekly Review, which is from noon to 2 p.m., there was also an hour of discussion with the three candidates during the second hour of that show. So get involved, get informed, and then see where it takes you, um, whether, whether it be through the power of your vote, and I hope you're registered to vote, or whether it be through the power of 
speech and conversation and uh, awareness. Well, every right. every little bit, every bit, little bit counts. Find one another. Get on the same page out of the box and go ahead and push the envelope. Push the envelope. So I, I was writing this, I think, in um, around that time uh, before hosting those three candidates. Because one of the things that Amy Weiss, uh, you can check her out, think twice, vote Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. -S. Um, she's getting lots of endorsements from around uh, San Francisco, various Democratic clubs, um, from uh, labor unions. Um, she's, she's really on the campaign trail. Um, so check her out, Amy Weiss. But one of the things that she's been talking a lot about during her campaign is to try to bring the St. Francis back into San Francisco. Um, you know, St. Francis was the, you know, the, the patron saint of, of animals, of the, of the environment and ecology, um, of merchants and of stowaways. Um, but that's who we're named after here, San Francisco, St. Francis of Assisi, um, who was born of privilege and gave it all up for a life of poverty. Um, you know, Catholic uh, church craziness aside, um, there's some values we can we can eat from that. <laughs> so I wrote this uh, a couple weeks ago. Here you go. I don't know what it says yet, but we'll see. The sheer weight of fear in the dark hours of disempowerment is the shallow haunt of vested authority and mismanagement. Ill treatment and deeds that strip away at our liberties are designed to entice retreat. But the spirit of the people will not be defeated. In the prayer in the city of St. Francis of Assisi, it says, where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. Never mind all or nothing, the days are forever changing, and the wider our breath of understanding is in the shared genes that we feel in our hands shaking. I'm Global Val. I want to thank Dan and Dave for coming through today and everybody coming through for the Common Thread Collective. We love being here uh, to be a an amplifier for the people. And we'll see you next Friday here at Mutiny Radio 21st and Florida Streets in San Francisco. Peace, y'all.
Legislations on the desk of a do-right congressman. Now he don't know much about the issue, so he picks up the phone and he asks advice of a senator out in Indian country, a darling of the energy companies who are ripping off what's left of the reservations. Huh. I learned a safety rule. I was born in Berkeley, raised in San Jose. Both my parents are, uh, you know, were raised in poverty, but they got great jobs working in unions, and I was the first generation of my family to go to college. And really, my focus isn't on upward mobility, it's on impact ability, because I want to have impact on the system. And I think that, you know, the American dream thus far has been poised as, you know, how to succeed in the system. And, you know, my great-grandparents came here on one side from persecution from Hungary because they were Jewish and they moved to the United States and so they were just trying to survive the system. Um, my grandparents and my parents were trying to succeed in the system and then 
I have the ability through the critical thinking skills that I learned in college to be able to impact the system with the values that we have. And I went to UC Santa Cruz, as was mentioned, and while I was there, it wasn't enough for me to learn about race, class, and gender theory, which I really enjoyed, but I wanted to put it into action right away, and this gives you a sense of who I am. I did three independent studies while I was at UC Santa Cruz and won college commendations for them, one working at Planned Parenthood, doing outreach and education internship, one uh, starting a media literacy program at the Boys and Girls Club, and one working with uh, low-income parents and trying to figure out how we can support uh, preschool affordability for uh, low-income families. And then uh, I did a lot of work in social service and direct service, education, research, public speaking. I moved to San Francisco in 2007 working in a company um, that was focused on sustainability strategy, and I almost didn't take the job when I found out we'd be working with Walmart employees and executives around sustainability. I didn't want to be part of a greenwashing effort, but we actually had huge impact talking about the triple bottom line to employees, which is people, planet, and equitable profit, and then uh, went back to San Francisco State for a master's degree in organizational development, while I was there, started a program to connect nonprofit students in the graduate program with support for community-based organizations. It's now being offered for the third time this fall, so I initiated that. And then started a nonprofit called Neighbors Developing Divisadero in 2011. That's how I got my start in local politics, because I was tired of just saying no and pushing back against development that was exclusive and profit-driven and displacing and part of gentrification. I wanted to say, yes in my backyard to inclusive, culturally enriching, and sustainable development, which I've devoted my life to over the last four years. Thank you, Amy Weiss. Francisco. Okay, well, my name is Francisco Herrera. I've um, lived in, here in San Francisco almost about 30 years, raised my kids actually one block from here. Uh, unfortunately, I also seen a lot of our community kids die in these blocks for because of lack of responsibility of, of uh, our city government and, uh, and the lack of appropriate funding. Uh, in that process of working in the community with parents, in schools, with day laborers, with cooperatives uh, of women engaging themselves, uh, we've actually been very successful in creating programs that have been funded in the past, some that are funded now. I'm, I'm specifically thinking of a couple of years in the early 2000 where we were actually able to eliminate uh, shootings for almost two years due to appropriate funding and correct development work where we were able to fund programs that were di directly assisting youth through after-school programs, through midnight basketball, through a uh, real alternatives program van that went straight out to points of uh, violence. And, and so that these experiences have really taught me that, that the point of government really is citizen participation and really is to create a base of citizen participation. So along with the campaign of running, and I call it walking for mayor instead of running, mm -hmm. and, and very specifically for the reason that when you walk, you actually feel with people, you actually smell, you actually sense 
the aromas, the relations are real, um, and and you create human connection and, and collaboration uh, as opposed to running like a chicken with your head cut off, which is what happens when investors take over City Hall uh, as we're seeing today. And so this campaign to, to walk for mayor of San Francisco is based on creating the points of in common, like Diamond Dave says, pointing the finding the points in common that have to do with affordability, with affording not just the rent, but healthy access to healthy food, access to quality education, access to good health, and creating health through the culture, through the arts and culture, through a living wage, through benefits, through making labor and workers have the right to organize to to really negotiate for good wages and those kinds of issues that we the communities are very interested in as opposed to what investors are here to do which is basically make a buck right and so this is the the gist of our campaign I'm originally from the border to two hours east of San Diego Calexico a compound word Cal for California Mexico for Mexico and on the Mexican side is Mexicali which is the capital city of Baja California a city of a million and a half to almost two million people and so I'm here to work so that the wisdom of our communities come to City Hall and we can build a city together all right. Thank you. Gracias, gracias. Thank you, Francisco Herrera. And now, Stuart Shuffman. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Stuart Shuffman. I go by Broke Ass Stuart. Uh, I've done a lot of things and been a lot of different people. Um, I'm an entertainer, I guess, at heart. I'm a, I've been a travel writer for a decade, kind of paid to travel around the world and write about it. Um, I'm a TV host. I've did that for a while. Um, and I'm now a candidate for mayor, and it all kind of builds to this point. Um, part of what I am really, amongst all those things, is I am a people person. I understand people in a way that I don't can't even describe because I, I just, it's a sixth sense, I read people in a way that um, give me a certain amount of access to the city where I walk into a place and I know the busboy, but I also know the owner and the guy who invested in the place. <laughs> And so through that, I understand what San Franciscans are and, and what they want and who they are, because I know all, all aspects of it. Uh, I also grew up on the border, and I also went to Santa Cruz. Uh, so I'm, I'm a Californian, um, slowly make my way up the coast, I guess. Uh, in Santa Cruz, I learned a lot, you know, like critical theory, like Amy was talking about. And uh, it kind of um, pushed me in the direction of thinking towards uh, collectivism and um, rethinking what it means to be an American and, and what the fuck we do with our money as a, as a country. And, um, you know, I think we're starting to see with uh, nationally, like with what's going on with Bernie and things we're doing locally, hopefully a watershed moment where we can really reshape the conversation of, of what it means to redistribute wealth. People are afraid of that, those words, and I think they think that we're just going to take their money and give it to nobody. But I really think that we should build an entire different system where the wealth is distributed like this as opposed to like this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's that's it. Well, and they actually have been redistributing wealth, right? Upwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's called wage theft. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Stuart. 
Um, so when I in originally invited the three of you down here, I said let's, because I know that many of you have asked Ed Lee to debate. Um, but so when I asked, since since he's been kind of quiet on that front, uh, and I asked the three of you to come down, I said let's let's have let's have a candidate debate, and you said we don't want to debate. We want to we want to talk. We want to work together. Thanks, Dave. Um, so um, one of the reasons why the three of you are here today is to talk about this kind of coalition that you formed. So we're going to talk a little bit about ranked choice voting. So in San Francisco, we have ranked choice voting for certain, uh, certain city offices, including mayor. Um, in the last election, however, it was not employed. Um, so basically, with ranked choice voting, it means that when you vote, your ballot will have three identical columns with all the names of the candidates in them. And you can mark your first, second, or third choice. Um, you don't have to vote for all three, but it can affect the power of your vote. So here's how it works. When the votes are counted, they count all the first choice votes. If one candidate has a majority of the vote, which is over 50%, that person is declared the winner. If no one has a majority of first choice votes, the, the person with the lowest number of first choice votes is eliminated. However, those ballots are counted again, this time counting the second choice votes and adding them to the total. So this process continues until one candidate has a majority uh, or everyone else has been eliminated. So basically, it's uh, essentially it's the system is to try to avoid costly and time-consuming uh, runoff elections by automatically giving the voters alternative choices on one ballot. Um, so basically, if, if you try to vote for the same person twice, it'll only be counted once. Your second choice only counts if your first choice gets eliminated, and your third choice only counts if your second choice gets eliminated. A bit complex, <laughs> but we're all, we're all trying to figure out, we're all trying to understand this a little bit better. So I want to put this to the candidates. Could you please explain how you're planning to use this political tool of ranked choice voting to unseat the incumbent mayor, Ed Lee? Yeah, just to simplify it, vote one, two, three to replace Ed Lee. Mm -hmm. You have three candidates that are people-powered that have aligned together. So whatever order of your choice, you can put Amy Francisco Stewart, you can put Francisco Stewart Amy, you can put Stewart Francisco Amy, whatever it is that you want, you can put three candidates on that ballot. And that means that we don't have to compete against each other, we can actually work together and align to get a people-powered person in office. And all of us want to work together no matter what the outcome is in November, even if Ed Lee does get reelected, which we're going to do our best to stop, uh, we want to work together for the future of the city, but if one of the three of us get elected, we will work together in some collaboration to be able to move the city forward. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, thanks. I think, um, for I think that it's very important that Ali does not get elected. And the, the, there's two things that I like about ranked choice voting. That's why I, I worked personally, uh, and as, as so, like so many people did in the past, to make it the way to, that we vote here in San Francisco. One, it gives the electorate more power. It gives us more power to be able to vote in different, for different candidates. And two, it allows us to knock off this empire thinking the emperor, city hall already has enough, enough power that is unchecked. And so I think it, it is very important that Ed Lee not be elected. And 
and that's why this one, two, three campaign is very important. We're not doing this as a symbolic thing, like, okay, we don't care, we win. No, each of us is running our campaign in a way to win, but we're saying it's more important that we as a citizenry of San Francisco stop the runaway housing market that the Ed Lee administration, administration, because Newsom started it, uh, Willie, Willie, well, Mayor Willie Brown started it, really. He, and he said it plainly back then in the 90s, if you don't make $50,000 a year, you shouldn't live here. Is that right? Now it's 150000 Are you going to say that to a 50, 60-year-old uh, person who's lived here, 65, 85-year-old person? who's lived in her building for 50 years if he, and is on fixed income, gave her life here, working here. Sorry, Mrs. Jones, if you don't make 50000 if you don't make 150000 a year, you don't deserve to live here. Is that what you're going to say to a veteran who gives his life to live, to work, to create the city? So one, two, three is really important that we register and we vote in that, like, just like Amy said, no matter which way. But it is important that Ed Lee, the administration of Ed Lee, does not continue running havoc on our city. Um, you know, the ranked choice voting is incredibly powerful. I, I think that I read that uh, Jean Kwan, who is the mayor of Oakland, on her, her first round got 11% of the vote, and she's mayor of Oakland now. So. No, no, not Jean Kwan. Jean former Kwan lost. Sorry, sorry. It was. Uh, She's former. Whoever it was, and then this time around, uh, fuck it, I don't know. <laughs> fuck it. No, but That's Jean why I said Kwan I only kind of read it. No, no. Jean Kwan lost. You're right. Right, you're but right. Uh, whoever it was, I think, is living, got uh, 11% of the vote and is now, you know, the range choice voting, is now the mayor of Oakland. So anything's possible. And I think that, um, you know, like, like you both are saying, what the Ed Lee regime has done is kind of broken all of our hearts. And uh, we're all trying to uh, put it back together. And I just want to say, too, that there is so much excitement that I encounter when I'm campaigning. And I've heard the same from Francisco and Stuart. When people hear that there are opponents to Ed Lee, and they have not just one choice, but three, and they're working to we're working together as a coalition, mm -hmm. that idea is so revolutionary to so many people that we're not competing, that we're actually working together to be able to lead the city. There's so much excitement about that, and there's so many people looking for an alternative to Ed Lee. And so we're really looking to the media to give us opportunities to get the message out there, and so very grateful to Mutiny Radio for leading yes. the cause in that way. Actually, I'd like to say something about that. It's been really harmful and hurtful for the people who are in the media, or even people who are in politics who have power saying, oh, no one's running against Ed Lee. Mm -hmm. It's like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. We all ponied up. We all we all got some money. We all got some signatures. We all put our heart and soul into this, into sticking up for our city. And for you to say no one else is running, that's disrespectful. Very disrespectful. Well, that's what we switched the lyrics to. I give my heart. Yeah, I found my heart in San Francisco. <laughs> nice, that's good. <laughs> we just had a comment from the audience saying, "I want a mayor that sings." Um, so, <laughs> I, it's it's great to have the three of you here so that we can put this out. Um, going around the internet on mutinyradio.fm and of course all the people who've come uh, been able to come down here today. So I want to take our first audience question. So I see that someone is standing over there. George is up there at the, at the public mic. So uh, if you want to ask your question and then candidates, you can field it. 
George Bracy. And I have a twofold question. It's policy related. So I would like to know how would you impact or make a difference with the adversarial policies that are impacting the city today and uh, being, uh, the being, knowing that there's a low voter turnout in all these uh, impacted districts, how would you uh, uh, overcome that challenge? Because that will be a challenge. So, uh, uh, then I applaud you for thinking outside the box and, and combining you know, your talents and your resources together to become one, 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 one entity. First off, thank you for uh, being part of this and for asking the questions. Um, I'm really working on my campaign a lot to get people to vote who don't normally vote. Um, I'm doing that through what I do well, which is humor. Um, I'm, you know, if, if you just straight up politics all the time, people are going to get bored and stop paying attention. So I've been using uh, comedy and humor and um, alternative ways to get ideas across to get people to, hey, there's something going on and I should care. Um, another thing that I'm doing is I'm starting to try to get myself booked at uh, tech companies. Um, I've, I'm currently booked uh, next month at Twilio and at Dropbox and hopefully a couple others because uh, my message is this, and I want to say it over and over again, is that this is San Francisco. We are very inclusive. We want you here if you want to be here. But if you're going to be here, you have to be here. You have to care. You have to, you have to be part of the city and not look at it as just a place to make your nut and leave. So thank you. So, so yeah, that's my message I'm bringing to all these companies saying, look, y you don't got to vote for me. But the people who are in charge right now just look at you as a, as a tax bracket and not as people who, who deserve to be part of a community. And th we do community so fucking well in San Francisco, and I want to keep that up, and I want these people to be part of our community. So. In terms of uh, when you were saying adversarial policies, I, I th what the way I understood that really is that it's very divisive uh, what some of the companies are doing, creating these situations like with Prop F, uh, or I mean the reason Prop F is on, on the ballot is precisely because so much money has been pushed into the community to dis to divide the, our community. Uh, same with the people who are against Prop I. So much money has put in millions of dollars to really gouge the community. So these two, Prop F, Prop I, Prop H, are people-based propositions that are that have been forced to get on the ballot because we've gone to the Planning Commission, we've gone to the Board of Supervisors time and again to City Hall to say, we the citizens are the developers of this city and we have consistently found a closed door at the mayor's office a thick wall at the board of supervisors a sense of we don't care who you are we are here to kick you out and that's our solution because there's a lot of millions of dollars that we can make and so that's why that's why so many of us have come up now to say enough is enough this is a San Francisco, a community of communities, and we are going to develop it as is benefit beneficial for our communities. And like uh, like uh, Stuart was saying, sure, investors are welcome to come, uh, folks are welcome to come here and and try to to blend in and try to be a part of it, but not at the expense of people who've created the city and find themselves being 
priced out, as they say. There ain't no free lunch, there ain't never been no free lunch, and there ain't no free market, excuse me. <laughs> so I actually grew up in an atmosphere where I learned how to be a bridge between two very polarized entities, which were my parents. <laughs> because my mom is a born-again Christian who is a Republican and watches Fox News, and my dad is a uh, Jewish Democrat who cried when The Daily Show ended recently. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're still together. And you know, my, my focus has been on how do we work together to align towards the greater good with these very different viewpoints. And so uh, you know, that's something that I have been working on in my own spiritual practice and my practice as a leader for um, you know, the last 20 or so years. And in San Francisco, you know, working in this field of neighborhood development, there are very different ideas about how to develop neighborhoods. And my focus through my nonprofit, Neighbors Developing Divisadero, has been to give people a voice by putting out these online surveys around issues that matter, whether it be around the development of a blighted theater or even the short-term rental legislation, AKA Airbnb. I listen to people. I hear both sides, and that's what we should all be doing as leaders, is mm -hmm. even if you mm -hmm. disagree with what someone's saying, it's, it's good to have people be able to share their opinions in an open-ended forum so that you are, are held accountable to having to address those. And one of the issues right now that's very contentious in the city is the development of Balboa Reservoir, which is near CCSF. This has been a contested issue since Diane Feinstein was mayor. She tried to develop Balboa Reservoir for affordable housing back in the 80s and was unsuccessful because she wasn't taking into account the needs of CCSF and the surrounding community. Ed Lee has said that this is now this land is now available to be developed for affordable housing, but guess what? It's the same issues. So I've been to a couple of the community hearings and forums, and I put together a plan that addresses all the different needs, And because I feel like we can truly come together and address the needs of CCSF, the community, and our need for more affordable housing, and our need for more light industry and opportunities for um, economic opportunities and jobs that can connect with those needs. And, and Ed Lee has not come out as a leader and said, hey guys, I know this is a really challenging topic. It's been something that you know, people have had strong opinions on for years, but I'm a, you know, we really need to work together. I haven't seen him be a leader on it. He just made the mm -hmm. announcement that it's available and then he's out of there. Mm -hmm. And he's leaving it to the planning department and now this whole process has dragged on. It's already been almost a year and nothing's really happened there. All right, thank you. I see we have another question from our audience. for modeling a new form of politics in which the issues are the most important. It's not, you know, pay to play and you have the courage and you're appearing at all the events. And we're actually seeing, I feel, a turning of the tide with stopping the beast on Bryant, the monster in the mission. My question is that, uh, I don't know if a lot of people know that in California, the only county that has city and county as one is San Francisco. And consequently, we virtually never see the mayor. He is only formally there once a month with a prepared question and
and speech. So would you be willing to work on changing that so that actually he is a part or she, <laughs> um, and would you be willing to work on changing that so that we stop having this shadow government where all of the big business meet with the mayor and if the Board of Supervisors has his uh, majority, we're, we're disempowered. I've, so thank you. I've actually got an, an idea for that. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, using the internet f as a powerful tool, I would be interested in having it that so every meeting is live streamed. So mm -hmm. it's, it's pure, purely clear. And like, and even have like a professional legal advisor, like, okay, this is what you, so is that thing that they just asked me legal or not? Right. That way is you stay out of trouble? You keep the shit on the up and up, and anybody who wants to watch every meeting that you have, it's open doors through the internet. Yeah, I like that idea as well, and I love the idea of actually having dialogue with the people at at the Board of Supervisors rather than these pre-scripted questions and answers that get put out there. And I, yeah, I do wonder, when do we get access to Ed Lee? I actually got to meet him twice <laughs> over the last two months. The first question I asked him, it was at National Night Out at Ella Hill Hutch about a month and a half ago, and my first question to him was, Mayor Ed Lee, you know, by the way, please come to my cakewalk event that we had in front of City Hall. He declined. But I said, do you support Jane Kim's Eviction Protection Act? And his question, his answer was to dodge it. And he said, did she finish writing that yet? And I said, she turned it into the land use committee a week and a half ago. And the two neighbors that were standing behind me when he drove off in his car, they said, he just dodged that question. Mm. And I said, we're used to that, aren't we? And then I got to meet him again about a week and a half ago. It was at the second big rally um, where neighbors took over City Hall. And he happened to be outside when I was going to get my bike. And I went right up to him and shook his hand again. And I said, Mayor Lee, have you had a chance to take a stance on Eviction Protection Act? And this time, his response was, well, we're waiting to see if we can get sued. Wow. And he was the guy, remember, and, and Magic, you, you love to talk about this. David Talbot wrote about mm -hmm. this in Season of the Witch, where he said, I take pride in the fact that I could stop an eviction and, and draw it out for over a year if I wanted to. And here he is waiting. And so he's not only not leading on the issue that he's actively campaigning on this issue. He's saying this is one of his number one issues in San Francisco, eviction protection. Not only is he not leading, he's not paying attention, he's standing on the sidelines. And then so I, I bypassed that and I said, well, what about a new idea where we could actually, you know, it's very scary when people get a three-day cure or quit notice or an eviction notice. It's very scary because it's your home. And all of a sudden, you're being terrified because you might be out on the streets. And so what if we actually bulked up our services so that the clock didn't start ticking on that three days unless a mediator who's trained in tenant law was able to go to the home of the tenant and suss out, is this a real issue? Is it, uh, is it fraudulent? Is it real? Because, you know, let's be real, for the landlord's sake, sometimes it is the uh, tenant's fault. But we should put the support services on the side of the tenants because there is an eviction and displacement crisis and this mayor is not treating it as such. Hear, hear. Mm -hmm.
In fact, actually, the, the you, if you look at statistics, the amount of Ellis Act evictions has been going down, and what's what's actually skyrocketing is gotcha evictions. Exactly. Well, yeah, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, and, and it comes down to the dictatorial state that exists with with the the kind of power that the mayor has over the budget. So really, what needs to be created is really what are the areas that we have to give more power to the Board of Supervisors and in a way where we have more of a balanced sharing of power, checks and balances. Right now we have the, these last three mayors and presently Mayor Lee have allowed a group of investors to create a runaway housing market and that needs to be stopped. It does not benefit us, and it's all done under this delusion of free market uh, politics, The what I call the the monopoly game of the Milton Bradley Friedman School of Politics <laughs> and Economics, <laughs> <laughs> the monopoly. And so, and but when monopolists get the privilege, in their mind, privilege becomes a right. So you have Prop F proponents yelling, it's not fair, it's too extreme. God, we're only asking that what New York already has, you know, what other major cities in the United States already have, what Prop F is proposing, but they yell it's too extreme because they're used to the backroom deal with a mayor that, be lo that behaves like a, like a like a dictator, like a good old King George. Hmm. And so it's time to unseat good old King George again. So, all right, I've got one write-in question, and then we'll go over to the next audience question. So this was sent from a District 4 uh, voter. And the question is, Ed Lee states that when Super Bowl 50 is here, he will make sure there are no homeless people hanging around the Embarcadero, where most of the action in the city will take place. Good luck. Since, since this will be a free event open to everyone, it will take some doing to accomplish this restriction. Do you think that this situation merits special attention, given that the powers that be have been unable to deal with it on a citywide basis for a couple of decades? And in that same vein, what are your plans and thoughts regarding the constant state of homelessness in the city? Oh, I'd love to take that one. So for better or for worse, Ed Lee has made the Super Bowl a catalyst for change for homelessness. And I came up with the idea of the St. Francis Super Bowl Homelessness Challenge. The St. Francis Super Bowl Homelessness Challenge. I just spoke, uh, there was a, a Board of Supervisors hearing on the homelessness count recently, and I, I presented this idea to them. I went and talked with Jennifer Friedenbach, the executive director of the Coalition on Homelessness about this, and I actually presented this to one of the policy directors of Google recently. Uh, we are the home of St. Francis. We are the home of Burning Man. We are the home of innovation. If we had, my, my proposition is this. There's a Cal Berkeley professor named uh, Nicholas de Monchot. I would, I would ask everyone here to Google local code and you can find out he indexed all of the underutilized city-owned properties in San Francisco from 2009 to 2011. He has a whole index and map of them. They're all over San Francisco. These are under freeways or in alleyways or small areas. And so what I'm calling for is to create 
transitional eco-villages where you have 10 to 20 people that get to set up not an encampment, but a transitional eco-village with actual beautiful structures where we're supporting the mental health and giving people the opportunity to grow things as well. And so this would actually be a job creator for people who are underemployed, who have mental health training, as well as people who have gone through our permaculture courses in San Francisco, because we have a couple of really um, wonderful ones. And so if we had $5 million, which is probably what they're going to spend to push people out, but if we were able to use the Super Bowl as a catalyst to work together as a city and bring in Burning Man, I'm, I'm going to be talking to someone from Burning Man soon, uh, you know, and I know a couple camps that are interested in this because what better place with the resources that people <laughs> go out to the playa and create these beautiful structures. And, you know, there's someone who priced a, these domes that are $600 and they take two hours to construct their personal living domes and they have solar power, and they have a window and a locking door, $600. So if we had a couple million dollars, we could get you know a couple thousand of these and get started, but it has to have an infrastructural support. I, I would love to take this project on, regardless of whether or not I become mayor. The St. Francis mm -hmm. Super Bowl Homelessness Challenge, spread the word. <laughs> There, there are many programs that the uh, Coalition on Homelessness, the San Francisco Tenants Union, the Department of Public Health, the Department of Mental Health Services are working tirelessly to respond to people who find themselves without a house. The Poor Magazine Homefulness Project has created tremendous projects. What is not happening here is the political will or the political care from the City Hall administration to fund these programs. That's what needs to happen. Time for a change. Um, when I th read that Ed Lee say th said that, I just thought, what a dumb motherfucker. Like, <laughs> like are you kidding me? Like, like if, if this was like, if, if Mark Leno or Tom Amiano was in the race, he wouldn't have done that. It's just this arrogance that's permeating the whole thing where it's just like, really, it's, just, it's one of the most glaring issues we have in San Francisco, and your solution is just push them under the carpet. Just push them out of the way. And so I think that if, if you know, Amy's plan isn't, if they're not able to get their shit together and do that, I think uh, us as citizens should, should do something at least symbolically. I'm in the process of putting out my bit of the platform about uh, homelessness. I'm doing a lot of research right now. And 70% of the homeless in San Francisco had, you had San Francisco addresses before they were homeless. Mm -hmm. So these are our people. Mm -hmm. these, are our, these are San Franciscans. So I say that if they continue to say, we're going to push these people out for this, just for the fucking Super Bowl, we all are going to be out there. Be like, we're, we all, we're all homeless that day. We're all homeless those days. We're all in their solid, solidarity. Be like, we, you can't kick us all out of here. Yeah, for people who have actually worked in, the, in this area of people without a house, it's a long road to homelessness. It's a very long road to homelessness. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your thoughtful responses, and I'm sure the write-in uh, voter is very pleased to have your <laughs> responses. Thank you. And now um, back to our audience. We've got another Josh member Wolf. over at the public mic. Hey, my name is Josh Wolf, and. Uh, in disclosure, I've helped with uh, both Francisco's campaign and Amy's a bit, so I wanted to, to, to be sure people know that. And part of what I worked with with Amy's campaign was, was exploring uh, Democracy OS, and it seemed like bringing direct democracy into San Francisco would be a powerful tool. 
However, last night when I came across a story about Macopan Plaza, which is sort of similar to this previous question with the pushing the homeless out for the Super Bowl, um, I read quite disheartingly that, that Jane Kim herself, Supervisor Jane Kim herself, has acknowledged that there should be a fence put around uh, this open plaza over by 14th and Market because that is what the residents nearby want. And so not only is the city changing in both physical ways and, and all sorts of business ways, but the people and what they value are changing. And I'm no longer confident that a majority of the people of this city actually embrace uh, what we think of as San Francisco values. So what can be done to sort of reverse that shift and take the new people coming? I know Stuart talked about this a little bit with his meetings at the Stardust, but what can be done to sort of embrace our new, uh, our new inhabitants and sort of help with the paradigm shift so that we continue to invoke those San Francisco values and hold them dear? Thanks. Um, I'd I mean, I'm, I, I said this earlier when we were in there, but I'm looking at this entire campaign uh, running for mayor as one giant media campaign because it's, it's a way you can influence people's thoughts by uh, getting to them through their funny bones and whatnot. And so I'm really, like I said, trying to get into uh, these offices to talk to people. But I think, like, you know, with Dolores Park, we've, we've had a problem with Dolores Park where it's like, you know, people trashing it. So I wanted to start a, uh, you know, a, a campaign that don't be a fucking asshole in Dolores Park. <laughs> Seriously, talk to them how they understand it. Don't be an asshole. Clean your shit up. And I think that there's a way that you, I mean, that you don't have to use, you know, foul language all the time like I do, but I think that, like, there, there's a similar, a similar campaign that can be done with, like, how to be a San Franciscan. How to be part? How to be part of the community? And we can do a campaign, whether it's fucking bombing stickers around town, you know, or or getting a billboard or doing something, but like, or just doing an email thing. But like, we have to get people to care about being here. And I think that we we have to use mm -hmm. the the means of production that these people are using as well. So. Yeah, we have to be here now. You know, live here, love here, vote here add to the culture of the place that you're at. One of the things that really influenced me in getting a sense of the place that I moved into when I moved into my neighborhood that was uh, north of the Panhandle near Divisadero is I decided to do a research project about my neighborhood. And so I would like to see more of that kind of educational but fun and engaging history projects where people, you know, when people are moving into places like, oh, well, learn about the history of where you're at. And so when I learned about my history, I learned that it was neighbors who uh, really pushed for the panhandle not to have a freeway over it because mm -hmm. that almost happened. But it was tens of thousands of neighbors that pushed against that. And that was a six to five vote at the Board of Supervisors. We almost had a uh, freeway over the, the um, panhandle. And then to learn about the Harlem of the West uh, era of the Western edition and the African-American community that moved in. And uh, unfortunately, there was a displacement of Japanese Americans during World War II. But African-American community moved in to those empty spaces and built up a vibrant culture that was really the epicenter of culture in San Francisco for a while until it was destroyed through redevelopment. And so when you have the history of the place that you live, you actually start to feel like you're part of it and you can point it out to people and then you realize it's not just about learning history, it's about making history and realizing you're a part of it. So as mayor, I would be pushing for people to learn the history of this place that they've moved into and to feel like they're active participants in making history. Yeah, I think for me it's um, 
especially because a lot of people from outside San Francisco listen to this wonderful program, Mutiny Radio. Um, you people can actually help us uh, by identifying any friend and that they have who lives in San Francisco and calling, I heard this program on the radio, and vote one, two, three to replace Ed Lee. And I think that's a very important piece because what we need is we need our citizenry here who can register to register and vote. We have exactly a month left that people can register, and we've had too much of this attitude that who cares, and it's not gonna make a difference. It does make a difference. It's made a tremendous difference that only 130,000 people voted in the race of Avalos and Mr. Lee, and the difference is that we're all getting kicked out of here. So it does make a difference. If you do not participate, it makes a negative difference. If you participate, it makes a positive difference. Uh, and going to the piece that, that uh, Josh was mentioning where, where democracy or the, a larger majority uh, have that participate and destroy the actual values of caring, of support, of breaking down neighborhood because people don't know each other anymore. I do think that there's enough programs, I go back to that piece, there's a lot of cultural program, there's a lot of neighborhood programming, there's a lot of neighbors that are out there. We don't have the political will from the leadership to fund those programs, to support those programs, to support these attitudes of, of neighborhood support. So what gets created is a cynicism, and what gets created is you bring all this new, new folks who don't care about San Francisco because they have no history here. So we do need to, you, to have a leadership at City Hall that has the political will to nourish the values of San Francisco. Thank you. All right. And we just have about just about five more minutes, so a real quick question, one more quick question. Okay, the boy of Diamond Dave here, the co-host with Valerie of the show, which is coming up almost immediately, called the Common Thread Collective. In fact, a few musicians say you're all the way from Chile, so hang on in, hang on out. Cast what I see net. happening, yeah, you have a right, and we cast that wide net. Find that common thread. Let life flourish and say, don't, don't panic, panic, keep it organic. organic. But also want to say the past shakes hands with, through the, with the future through the now, right now. I also want to say let's get on the same page, get out of the box they push us in, and pr uh, pr put us in and push the envelope of social, cultural, and political change. I also want to say here we be as you see. This be our first forum in this hour. We be a voice of what's going on. Mutiny Radio, the Common Thread Collective. I want to thank you guys for coming. And what's coming at what we're thinking of the next forum. First, we've had a growing group of coalitions as we're here in the mission and now citywide. If you're on the steps of City Hall, and I saw you there on the 10th, we have the Chinese Cultural Association, the Chinese Progressive Association, many yes. other coalitions coming from around the city. Now, we have a group of propositions. I want to say this should be our next candidate, our next election forum of a group of propositions, and I'd want to invite you guys back. So glad you're here. Prop A, Prop D, Prop F, Prop I, which is a moratorium in the mission, so many others. We want to be right here as a voice of what's going on, live and podcasted here. So I want to put that out there as our next step. We'll have the next election, the next election forum. We'll bring in those propositions that we need to get elected, uh, that we need to get passed, so that we have to be part of this people's campaign. Do you agree? I yes, agree. Sir. Yep. We've uh, the way we're running this campaign is uh, uh, 
to create a peoplescampaign.net that will continue after November 3rd. What we need to create is a citywide alliance of concerned neighbors that will make the difference in San Francisco, very similar to what Jesse Jackson did with the Push Co Rainbow Coalition, uh, to create the, I, the reality that it's not just about electoral politics. That is the very least what it's actually about. It's about citizens. Papers or no papers. I'm not talking about immigration status here. I'm talking about people who live in the city getting together across party lines, across sector lines, and that's why we have to come together to create a movement of people that will say this is what this city is about. Community so Congress. Okay. Community Congress is good. Community Planning f uh, Commission is also a very good step. Can I mention one thing? Yeah. SEIU 1021 represents the city workers, the educators, the nurses, the nonprofit workers. There are tens and tens of thousands of people in San Francisco. They have said no to Ed Lee, and they have said yes to Francisco and my campaign. And that is a huge thing to have the workers of San Francisco saying that we don't want this incumbent mayor anymore. Thank you. Again, you're listening to Women's Magazine on MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, we've been talking with three mayoral candidates, Amy Farrell Weiss, Francisco Herrera, and Stuart Shuffman. Um, as we wrap up, could you uh, kind of briefly let people know how they can find out more information about you and your campaigns uh, for mayor of San Francisco? And any events that are coming up, feel free to make a quick announcement. Sure. So my uh, website is thinktwicevotewice.com. You can also go onto Facebook and look for Vote 123 to replace Ed Lee, and we'll be happy to add you to the group and keep you informed. I have an event uh, that I'm putting together that I've invited Stuart and Francisco to, and, and I think Stuart can make it, I'm not sure about Francisco, on the, the 30th, which is Wednesday at El Rio. And there was just a powerful event last night around SOMA development, and at the end, uh, the people started to do a filibuster, and they said, you know, who are you planning for? Who are you planning for? And so the name of this event at El Rio on the 30th is who are we planning for? Yes on Prop I, yes on <laughs> inclusive development. And we're going to talk about the policies and how we could move forward as a people to develop our city. Yeah. Um, if you want to find out more about what I'm doing, you can go to brokeassmayor.com. Um, because I go by Brocast Stewart. Uh, you can also follow me on Facebook, BrocastStewart.com. Um, we're having a party tomorrow at El Rio. F it's a fundraiser for myself and Tom Temprano. He's running for City College Board, and it's a joint fundraiser. And we have uh, uh, f five or six bands and DJs, including um, John from Pansy Division as DJing, and um, it's just going to be a really good time. And I'll just remember and spread the word, vote one, two, three to replace Ed Lee. Yeah, and uh, for, for Francisco, uh, you could come to my uh, Facebook page, it's Francisco Herrera for Mayor Facebook, and uh, in internet, you could go to peoplescampaign.net, peoplescampaign.net. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And um, before we wrap up, uh, we're going to end the we're going to end the show with Francisco. We're going to play your campaign song. Right. So I wonder if you could uh, kind of briefly introduce the campaign song that you have. Pueblo, the Pueblo? It's the um, it's going to take us all where you're singing 
with John Fromer in Spanish oh, at the end. Play it? Yeah, we're gonna play it. Right. You want to talk? Just well, you don't know. No, it's it very much exactly what all of us are talking about. It's it's gonna it's we gotta look beyond our parochial, small community vision, and we we are a beautiful city of communities but we got to look beyond that we really have to go across party lines we got to cross uh, sector lines we got to cross ethnic and religious lines we are the people of this city the investors have one thing in mind and this is what it is they want to make manhattan of the west out of san francisco skyscrapers from downtown to daily city skyscrapers from downtown to ocean beach and across all the way to san francisco state that is their plan ladies and gentlemen it is not regular politics they are out to kick us out so the only way we can hold this uh, first step we got to stop that at the administration which has opened the doors to a runaway irresponsible market that does not serve us and number two we got to look beyond our, our own our own small thinking we got to really cross cross a party lines and really create a people's campaign no politics as usual Thank you for introducing the song we're going to hear next. So I want to thank everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for participating. Viva John Fromer. In this mayoral candidate forum. I'm Global Val, and I want to thank the candidates and the public for coming down to Mutiny Radio today, as well as my co-producer for the day's show, Roman Reimer, who interviewed the candidates today on his show, The Weekly Review, just before this one. So you'll be able to download the podcasts and of and this show, uh, Women's Magazine with Global Val, Fridays 2 to 3 p.m., and also The Weekly Review with Roman, Fridays 12 to 2 p.m. on Mutiny Radio. FM. You had a quick thing? And a shout out to B Bill Morgan with Lo Labor and Love on 10 a.m. Yeah, on Saturday. Bill Morgan. He came through. <laughs> 12 o'clock tomorrow, 24 commissions. Speak out this daughter. All right. Yes. We're, well, we're going to be coming up next with the Common Thread Collective. Lots of time and an opportunity to talk about what's happening in the neighborhood and around the city and around the planet. I'm Global Val. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, that inspiration is contagious. Oh. Peace. And thank you from San Francisco. We need the Buddhists and the Baptists, Quakers and Catholics too, atheists and agnostics, Muslims and Jews.
of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common-sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. 
fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation, or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public Hello, that was a public service announcement, but that was recorded and now this is live. It is Friday, October 2nd. Global Val here. Thanks for tuning in to MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, if you were listening to the podcast that we were playing just before this, it was from September 18th, Women's Magazine, uh, where we had three of the alternative candidates for San Francisco mayor. We had Amy Farrah Weiss, Francisco Herrera, and Brokass Stuart Shuffman. And... Um, and they, th- we had a nice uh, public forum here to uh, let the public get to know some of these candidates and uh, know that there are alternatives to Mayor Ed Lee. So I'm going to play a little music for you. We'll be back in just a couple minutes with the Common Thread Collective. And uh, yeah, it's going to be it's a beautiful hot day here in the Mission District. So let's see what we've got here in terms of some music. Hmm. Hold on. Hold that thought. Take this opportunity to take a moment and take a few deep breaths. We won't call it dead air. We'll tell. We'll call it air to breathe. And of course, if you're looking for something to do today, I know if you're listening to Mutiny Radio, you're doing the right thing already. However, it is hardly strictly bluegrass. That means there is three, count them, one, two, three, starting today, three days of free music in Golden Gate Park all day long. So again, if you're at home listening to us, maybe you're just cruising around and get your earphones on, maybe you're already riding your bike to the park, but get on out there and enjoy some free music in San Francisco. That's what it's all about, folks. So here's a little music, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes to start the Common Thread Collective. Peace.
Not a yes man. Greetings. This is AC Alone speaking to you, sound, mind, and physical, introducing you to a collection of my works, accompanied by producer Mumbles and a collection of his works entitled Book of Human Language. The Book of Human Language consists of 15 chapters the guidelines, the balance, the energy, the hurt, the hold, the walls and the windows the Jabberwocky, the grandfather time clock, the reason, the march, the vision, the faces, the hunt, the thief in the night, and human language. Mr. DJ, play that beat. I want you to play it for me. In the mix, Mr. Hop forward, hop back. Somebody else is born. People are celebrating while other people mourn. Home may be home to you, but to me it's born. Even a matador don't pull the bull by the horn. One man's enemy is another man's friend. One man's poison is another man's medicine. So let us stand, let us sit, and let us view the change that it got. So it's so hard to keep the truth against the balance of the scales. It can't be challenged or expelled. Soon as somebody lost, somebody else prevails. Someone is quiet at the same time someone yells, half full or half empty, water in the well. The half and half hypothesis, the 50-50 theory. Eerie as it may seem, check your balance beam. The half and half hypothesis, the 50-50 theory. Eerie as it may seem, you'll check, check, check. Yo, yo, check your balance beam with a feather and a rock. Now whether or not you find the answer is really not the plot. See, it's like love and hate. The same emotion, different weight. People love to hate, so I know you know this how this all relates. The positive and the negative, many and the mega. On my leg and leg, arm headed by a nick. Take big and small and short and tall and night and day. And so, some people are bashing, some people just love to get their flow. No hiccups, one to grow, and I'ma go on and on and on to the principles are laid out. The scales of justice weighed out, till memory starts to fade out. Your game of life is played out. Gotta balance off the power, don't we? Balance your emotions. Push and pull positions like the moon pulls on the ocean. Balance on one foot, that's equilibrium. Opposites attract and retract, that's a fact. I'm a Libra, y'all. 180 degrees, but not that hot. So whether or not you find the answer is really not the plot. Really not the plot. Given is received, and seeing is believing, and, and the solar system rotates 
so harmonious and even. It's perfectly balanced. It's perfectly balanced. Subject to 
but I suppose it ain't a better roses. And neither is mine, so let the energy combine. And strip the numbers, there's no need to wonder. A slumber, a blunder. I'm gonna land down under the pipe, so I'm praying where it hurts so good, but it's not pain. I mean, it hurts so good, but it's not pain. I said it hurts so good, but it's not pain. It's the electric charge coming from the mainframe, and my main aim to dig through the dirt, stay alert, and search the power cord so my energy will work. Pure energy spurts, sporadic, automatic, mathematic, melodramatic, acrobatic, diplomatic, charismatic, leave a static, Asiatic, microphone, fanatic, alone, blown in, in the whirlwind, I had a storm, make the energy transform, a Champagne on the mission statement on Saturdays from 4 to 6. And uh, we took a break for a week or two and we are back. And uh, we'll be right back.
sometimes, don't we? We all get hurt sometimes, don't we? We all laugh sometimes, don't we? We often pass the time, don't we? We all get mad sometimes, don't we? We all can flash at times, can't we? Have some peace of mind, don't we need to seize the time, don't we? Life is fucked up. But it can be some people just lucked up Cause they can see the shit is chaotic in disguise Guns and narcotics for our demise And don't forget the lies they pump you with I rise to the occasion without a scratch or abrasion Just a hop, skipping a jump away from a rocket and a drunk No loitering here Hey y'all can't hang out after dark here Excuse me sir but you can't park here I mean tell your dogs that they can't bark here I mean the world is moving baby But you gotta just hold on but sometimes you can't just hold on. You gotta just let it go. Can't hold on. Hold on is what they say. But I say open up your hands and let it fly away. Till the day comes back and it was meant to be. It was meant to take a look at the love they give the world is sent to world is sent to me. Don't suffer, you got to maintain. The storm gets them or they complain. They complain. They don't aim. They shoot sporadically. Panicking so dramatically. He ran frantically. Summarized while the look in his eyes. He couldn't hold on after one too many tries. He held on tight. He put his arms around it and he squeezed with all his might. Don't fight. You should let it go. It's sooner than you think it will be right back at your door. Right back at your door. Open it up if you're open up to learn. Got your head between your legs and open it return. Open it return. They're not concerned. It's so continuous. No matter what my opinion is, it's all strenuous. Summarize while the look in his eyes. He couldn't hold on after one too many tries. She held on tighter. She put her arms around it because she knew it would excite her. Don't fight her. You should let it go. And sooner than you think it will be right back at your right back at your Open it up if you're open up to learn. You got your hair between your legs, hoping it returns. Hoping it returns. They're not concerned. They so continuous. No matter what my opinion is, it's all strenuous. Summarize. Cause she was not wise. She Dramatically, they ran frantically summarized while they're looking.